Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnards on the NBA. I am your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. Hey, it's Emilio! Woohoo! Yeah, that's him. I'm excited about it as well. Uh, we're going to go back to our, uh, our typical format here, where we uh, talk just amongst ourselves with, uh, without the benefit of a guest, which we've been fortunate to have on our last two episodes. In this one, we'll be continuing our discussion of the best lineups you could put together of NBA players based upon where they played in college. And on this episode, we're going to be tackling two colleges, West Virginia and Oklahoma State. We're going to do this in the style we conventionally do, where we break it down position by position, starting with the center, followed by power forward, small forward, shooting guard, and point guard. Without further ado, Emilio, let's get into our West Virginia lineup. Who do you have at center? Uh, well, um, this guy did play 79 games in the league, Mark Workman. Mark Workman. Yes, digging deep into the NBA archives, into the annals of uh, league history. When did uh, Mark Workman play? Um, 50s. Yeah, he played a little bit in the 50s. Got drafted uh, first overall in 1952 by the Milwaukee Hawks. Uh, managed to uh, play 65. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first overall pick. That's uh, quite an accomplishment. Yes, for sure. A West Virginia native. Grew up in Charleston. Went to high school there as well. Didn't last that long, but, you know, he got some run. For two years. Yeah. What would you say overall about uh, the center talent, center eligible or possible talent who uh, attended West Virginia? I mean, we're talking about Mark Workman, a guy who, you know, didn't have a ton of experience in the league. Not great. Yeah, it's not, uh, it's, it's, it's not great. Fortunately, the uh, talent at West Virginia more concentrated towards the guards, so there is a bit more to talk about as we get further into this. But uh, Mark Workman... You know, not not the strongest choice at uh, at center for West Virginia. So let's uh, let's move on after after we note that uh, that uh, uh, Mark Workman noted for uh, following his career in the NBA, having brought bowling to uh, Asia as a member of uh, Brunswick, the uh, bowling company. What? Yeah. Well, um, uh, is that who you had at your center too? It is who I had at my center as well. Yes, I had Mark Workman. It's, uh, it's a tough choice, but, you know, you got to jump in there and grab Mark Workman when you can. Who would you have at the four? I had Fred Shaws. Fred Shaws. Yes. Tell us a little bit about Fred Shaws. This guy was an all-star. Yeah. Um, I think he, he was a small forward. He was 6'5". There's not that many big men. So I think I had to put him there because he's – one-time All-Star, All-NBA, All-NBA team. Yeah, contributed in the league, 334 regular season games, uh, drafted in the third round in the 1949 BAA draft by the Fort Wayne Pistons, went on to play, yeah, a few years in the league. I mean, if you're playing a few years in the league and you're uh, a forward-sized guy, you have a chance to make this West Virginia team. There's definitely some openings for – Yeah, it was a small forward. Small forward, legit small forward. So uh, yes. not not squeezing him too much here by uh, bumping him up to the four. Uh, six five, two oh five. Not really modern size for a four, but again, you got to work with what you got here. Yeah. Um. What did you have on your team? I had Fred Shaws as well. I had him at my uh, three. Had him at the small forward spot. Uh, worth mentioning that he was general manager and head coach for the Lakers. Head coach at Purdue. So this guy How had. Was he coach of the Lakers? 
uh, had a uh, had a long career in in the NBA. Was coach of the uh, of the Lakers in starting in 1960 and lasting until 1967. So had a few years, including a bunch of finals appearances. But didn't win any. Well, you know, still impressive to get there. I mean, it's an accomplishment unto itself, even though uh, he wasn't able to uh, to seal the deal and get himself a championship in the NBA. Let's uh, let, let's move on here, or, or I should probably uh, chime in with my uh, my, my four. Uh, a l- little bit of a stretch, but uh, I'm going with Devin Ebanks. <laughs> now I know what you might be thinking. This guy only played 63 games in the league. Was definitely a three, or maybe even a two. But look, you know, there's there's not a lot of bigs from West Virginia. He was six nine, or excuse me, is six nine. He's only 30 years old. This man's still very much alive and well. And, uh, you know, who knows? Might even get another shot uh, to play in the NBA at some point in the future. He's only 30. Exactly. He's only 30, born in Queens, uh, hometown guy. I, you know, appreciate that. But in, in all honesty, I mean, I remember this guy's career. Uh, came into the league in 2010, played until 2013. You know, had the kind of body type where you could imagine him uh, developing into a more useful player. Was, you know, 3 and D type, although he never really shot well enough or even got on the court well enough to really establish himself there. But, you know, you could dream on, uh, on Devin Ebanks and, uh, you know, Slim Pickens. So that, that's what, that's what I did at the, uh, at, at the four meals. Uh, which way did you go at the three? I went with um, Rod Thorne. Yeah. Rod Thorne, a man who uh, is actually a hall of famer, uh, made the league as an executive, but uh, tell us a little bit about his playing career. Yeah, I think he was actually pretty good. He averaged 10 points for his career, playing um, like eight seasons in the league. Yeah, yeah. Got in some time uh, with, uh, with, with, the, with the Pistons, with the Hawks, with the Sonics uh, during his career. Uh, not an exceptional player, but as you said, uh, like a, a legitimate contributor. Uh, drafted second overall in the, in the draft by the, by the Baltimore Bullets back in 1963. Kind of small for a, uh, for a three, I think. 6'4", 195, but, yeah. you know, not really a three, probably more of a, a one or a two, but certainly a contributor in the league and one of the guys who played the most games and minutes when you're looking at West Virginia players. Yeah, is that who you had? At the three? No, I had uh, I had Fred Schaus uh, at, at, the, at the three. Rod Thorne didn't make the cut for me, but it was a close call. I mean, I, you know, it would have required me bumping up uh, Fred Schaus to the four and – you know, I didn't feel super comfortable doing that at his size. Uh, not not for the purposes of getting Rod Thorne on there. Rod Thorne really much better known, I think, as an executive in the league, as we mentioned. Was the general manager of the Bulls. Also ran the, the Nets and the 76ers. In addition to his longtime uh, career at the league office, where he was the executive vice president of basketball operations through most of my childhood. And that's definitely what I remember him as most vividly. Uh, so, you know, certainly a, a guy who's contributed a tremendous amount to the league from his uh, start in West Virginia. Emilio, who'd you have at your two? I had Ron Williams. Ron Williams. Okay. Tell us a little bit about Ron Williams, a guy who hasn't played in the league for a long, long time. Began in 1968 and concluded his career in 1976. What, what do you know about Ron Williams? I don't know. I just think he was a good player. I mean, Fritz. Yeah, uh, certainly a, a top-notch athlete. I mean, taken uh, by the Cowboys in the 1968 NFL draft, I mean, way, way into the draft, and obviously didn't pursue a, fo- a career in football, but to be drafted in multiple sports, pretty impressive. 
ninth overall pick in the 1968 NBA draft by the San Francisco Warriors and lasted in the league for a few years. I mean, you know, kind of backup minutes for the bulk of his career. I mean, had, had a few years where he was logging heavier minutes with the Warriors at the beginning of his career. But, you know, on this, uh, among these West Virginia players, so you had two, right? He's pretty good. Um, I actually, uh, yeah, I, I went, I went a uh, different direction. I, I had Ron Williams at the one. Um, I yeah, think, Jerry West, would you? Yeah, we're about to Emilio uh, spoiling the uh, the big reveal. Just kidding. Uh, Jerry West clearly uh, make, making this team. So just a question of where. Yeah, I had Ron Williams at the one and Jerry West at the two, but I think you could go either direction with that. So let's yeah. quickly transition into clearly the best player ever in West Virginia history. Tell us a little bit about uh, the logo himself, Mr. Clutch, Terry West. Yep. Hall of Famer, 14-time All-Star, scoring um, 69-70 scoring champ, 71-72 um, assist champ, 71-72 um, NBA champ, 12-time All-NBA, 5-time All-Defensive, 68-69 um, finals MVP, and also game MVP. Yeah, really a phenomenal list of accomplishments for Jerry West in addition to you know everything he's done off the court. I mean, as an executive, playing pivotal roles in a number of different franchises in his career. Yeah, I mean, he actually got the finals MVP in a year that he didn't win the title. Quite incredible. I don't even know if that would happen today. I don't know if people would be willing to vote for a player who didn't win uh, the championship for MVP. But That's uh, right, right? Very notable accomplishment. Yeah, absolutely. Second overall pick in the 1960 NBA draft. And I know we were uh, watching some uh, some tape of him this morning. Really came into the league on a team that was dominated by Elgin Baylor and uh, asserted himself pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> were, were, were you pointing something out there? No, 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 never mind. He's, uh, he's from the United States. He's from uh, from West Virginia. <laughs> no, uh, I think um, somebody else, I think, was um, the number one overall pick in that 1960 draft. I think was somebody else pretty good. I'm just not sure who it was. Oh, yeah. So uh, let's, uh, let's let's have a look at that. Yeah, yes, Oscar yes, indeed. Robertson. Uh, Oscar Robertson, the uh, number one pick in 1960. So that, that probably probably worked out okay for both, uh, both those teams at, at the top of the draft there. Yeah, really a, a, a remarkable uh, career that uh, that continues on now. I mean, even as an 82-year-old now, I mean, he's still having an impact on uh, on league affairs uh, as an advisor, has uh, just had, had, an, had a monumental career. I mean, as, as you mentioned, uh, you know, finals MVP, uh, champion, uh, fifth all-time in points per game, sixth all-time in minutes per game, eighth all-time in free throws, 22nd all-time in win shares, 14th all-time in win shares per 48 minutes, Really, an, an incredibly efficient player and a guy whose counting stats and rate stats all look really good through the passage of time. I think clearly the uh, the best player from West Virginia. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no question about it. So let, let's quickly run down these uh, these teams that we put together for uh, West Virginia players, and then we can get into uh, some other notable players who attended West Virginia. Yeah, so um, center Mark Workman, power forward for Chaz. Um, small forward Rod Thorne, shooting guard Ron Williams, point guard Jerry West. Yeah, and I had center Mark Workman, power forward Devin Ebanks, uh, small forward Fred Shaws, uh, shooting guard Jerry West, and point guard Fritz Ron Williams. Mm -hmm. uh, so let, let's get to uh, to a few other players who um, who attended West Virginia who are worth mentioning here. 
Uh, I know we want to mention players who are currently in the league, including uh, one who is a favorite of uh, someone very near and dear to our heart. So let's uh, let, let's bring her in here. Ava! We're talking about Javon Carter, personal favorite of my daughter and Emilio's sister, Ava Barnard. And she joins us now. Aves, how are you doing? Good. <laughs> That's great. What, what is it that you like so much about Javon Carter? Um, his shoes and his jersey. Yeah, he's looking sharp. He's a <laughs> sharp-looking guy, and he's just getting his career underway in the NBA right now. So uh, I think he's definitely got a future ahead of him as a backup point guard, if nothing else. And I also like him because um he's on the Grizzlies, and I love their team. And now he's on the Suns, right? He was on the Grizzlies before, and he's uh, made his way over to the Suns. Yes. And I love, I also like the Suns also. That's great. Well, thanks uh, Thanks very much for joining us, Aves. We really appreciate your uh, your contribution, and we'll look forward to having you back sometime soon. Bye. <laughs> Mills, any uh, any other thoughts on uh, on Javon Carter beyond what uh, Aves was able to share right there? Yeah, I think he's actually um, a decent player. I mean... He stepped it up a little bit this year, averaging 0.3 more points. Averaging <laughs> three-tenths more of a point. Yeah, I mean, he is, uh, I, I think, showing more of, of what he can do as a shooter this year. I mean, his shooting percentage is up quite a bit, including from three. I remember hearing some uh, scouting reports last year about his shot, like, just not falling to a ridiculous degree, even though it looked pretty good. I mean, if you look at his, his uh, field goal percentage, I mean, last year it was like, Utterly ghastly, thirty percent. I mean, and I remember hearing like that's just not really representative of the kind of shooter that he is. So hopefully he'll, you know, this year's a bit more representative, and uh, he'll be able to progress from here. But already twenty-four. I mean, I think looking at a career is probably a backup, but you know that's fine. I mean, he's he's certainly uh, I think got the skills to make that work. Uh, before we move on um, from West Virginia, let's let's talk a little bit about Lowe's Moore Mills. Uh, what what what'd you learn about him? Yeah, yeah, those more. Yeah, not that much. Well, a guy was uh, the you know fifty second overall pick, third rounder in nineteen eighty. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Went to a high school in Mount Vernon, New York. What? He played three years in the league. I mean, like right. you know, these are all uh, all notable things when you're talking about West Virginia players. Before we move on. Any thoughts on Kevin Jones? Now, I was really impressed when I found out this guy was a basketball player as well. Yeah, there's a um, professional disc golfer named Kevin Jones as well. Yeah, he's pretty good. And there, there was actually a, a football player named Kevin Jones as well, a really impressive running back who attended Virginia Tech and then uh, at least started his career and made most of his uh, uh, work with the, with the, with the Lions. Uh, so Kevin Jones, another one of these names that you see pop up in different spots around sports. Uh, anybody else you want to uh, you want to mention here, or should we uh, wrap up this segment and uh, move on to Oklahoma State? Yeah, there's not, not that many other people I want to mention. Yeah, just 16 players overall from West Virginia. I guess it may be worth mentioning Joe Alexander, one of the biggest uh, draft busts, I would say, of, of the last 20 years. Uh, taken eighth overall, so not you know a super premium pick, but still, I mean, you know, <laughs> they, they got 67 games worth of production out of Joe Alexander in a draft that, you know, I mean, every year you're going to have Brooke guys. Brooke Lopez who, was. Yeah, I mean, TJ Augustine, Brooke Lopez right after him. I mean, 
Robin Lopez, but I mean, really, there, there are a lot of directions you could go to get more uh, production. JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee, Serge Ibaka later in the first round. So, I mean, certainly. Nicholas uh, Batum. Exactly. The Bucks certainly could have done better than uh, Joe Alexander out of West Virginia back in 2008. All right. So let, let's wrap up this segment and we'll be back in just a moment to continue our conversation talking about Oklahoma State. Let's kick off our discussion of Oklahoma State players at center. Mills, who you have there? Bryant Reeves. Yeah, big country. Definitely remember this guy. Uh, notable force in uh, in college at Oklahoma State and then uh, made an impact in the pros. What do you know about Brian Reeves? He did make the 95-96 all-rookie team. Yeah, as we've discussed, it's really difficult to make an all-rookie team. <laughs> Just kidding. But um, it is only 10 guys a season, so you do have to make some sort of an impact. But there's no question that he did that at the gate upon arriving in Vancouver as their first ever draft pick. Yeah, he was a decent player. I mean, 12.5 points a game for his career, 6.9 rebounds a game for his career. Yeah, almost a block a game for his career. Yeah, only lasted 395 regular season games, and of course was you know getting started with an expansion team, so uh, you know not a lot of opportunity for deep playoff runs. Uh, he actually didn't play in the playoffs at all, playing his entire career with the Grizzlies just those first six years. I think could have had a significantly longer career. I mean, his body let him down, unfortunately. I mean, had back problems and was done by the time he was 27 and diminished even before that. But yes. was able to contribute at a reasonably high level for, for a few years at least. I mean, playing yes. upwards of 30 minutes a game, starting over 70 games for his first three seasons. Perfect. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think a useful player. And if you you know, you know watch highlights of, of uh, Big Country, you can see the guy had some, had some nice touch. I mean, had some good size, some moves. I mean, you know, I always think of him as as like a, you know, one of the heavier players. Like, yeah, I, I don't know, more more in the Oliver Miller class, if you catch my drift. But I mean, watching a video of him, he really wasn't that large. I mean, he's just a, a big guy who uh, you know threw his his you know just natural size around and. Um, and, and was pretty effective. So uh, I, I think a, a totally valid choice on uh, this Oklahoma State team and also who I had at center. Yes. Mills, who do you have at power forward? Um, Desmond Mason. Yeah, tell us a little bit about Desmond Mason. This guy could really throw down. He also made the all-rookie team last time. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. Uh, so t- tell us a little bit about uh, about him as a, as a throwdown artist. I mean, you're right. He, this guy was primo. I mean, he could win a dunk off that. And he yeah, did. He did win a dunk contest. Yeah. I mean, a really impressive dunker, both in a contest type of setting and in game as well. Lots of highlights. I mean, looking back on him and, and just in my own memory of him dunking on the break. I mean, he really liked these athletic finishes, you know, enjoyed, seemed to enjoy taking off from way out there and, you know, stretching out his uh, six, seven frame, you know, getting the ball way back there, you know, cocking it back behind his head and, uh, and throwing down. Very impressive dunker. And I think, you know, his physicality, certainly the thing I remember most about Desmond Mason. Oh, yeah. I think D-Mace. D-Mace as his, uh, as his nickname, yeah. Uh, I definitely think of him more as a uh, small forward type. Uh, I don't know that he really played a lot of a four. But I think when you look at his numbers now, you can see uh, as a three-point shooter, I mean, kind of non-existent uh, beyond his – Early years where he was, I mean, even then the volume was really low and, you know, shooting under 30%. So really not much of a shooter from distance. I think would probably play better in the game now as a four. Uh, what do you think about that? I, I yeah, know you put probably. him here. Yeah, I think it would play good now. 
Yeah, and I kind of got up to uh, being a 17-point-per-game scorer at, at his at his yeah. peak. And uh, interestingly, was involved in uh, the trade that sent Ray Allen uh, from uh, – the uh, the Sonics to the um, or sorry from the Bucks to the Sonics uh, back in uh, 2003. So a momentous trade there that also involved uh, Gary Payton and uh, Kevin Ollie of the uh, UConn episode we referred to just briefly and uh, Flip Murray too. Flip Murray. Yeah. So I also had uh, Desmond Mason at my four, uh, appreciating that he's a bit out of position there, but got to squeeze some of these top players from Oklahoma State onto the squad. Only 28 players altogether, and a lot of them had pretty incidental short careers uh, in the league. So, got to make room for the likes of Desmond Mason. Yeah, one of them actually only played zero minutes in the league. But We'll get to him in a bit. <laughs> yeah. Who'd you have at the three meals? Um, I had Tony L. Yeah, I know uh, one of our, our uh, the guest of our previous two episodes, uh, Sam Mattershane, one of his favorites as both a uh, a member of the 2008 champion Celtics, and also as a member of the Grizzlies. Yeah, six-time All-Defensive team. I mean, the grind father, trick-or-treat Tony. Yeah, six-time All-Defense. I mean, I think that really is uh, is one of the numbers that best encapsulates Tony Allen's value. I mean, we've looked at a lot of players already in this series. Uh, podcast is our 13th episode. We've looked at quite a few teams. I mean, I don't remember seeing that many guys with uh, six times on the All-Defense team. I mean, it's pretty serious. I mean, three times on the first team, all defense. This guy was a major problem on defense. Yes. 6'4", uh, listed at 213, but really just, I mean, incredibly tenacious. I mean, a guy who seemed to really relish playing the defensive side of the game much more so than, uh, you know, I mean, uh, understanding his limitations on the offensive side, Realizing that you know playing defense and being uh, being a pest at all, at all times had a tremendous amount of value, and I think you know was able to contribute to uh, to some really really good teams. I mean, oh, yeah. that that Celtics squad. I mean, yeah, he was coming off the bench. You know, yeah, he was playing you know limited minutes. I mean, but I mean, he was playing in a, a really important role, a low usage role to be sure. But I mean, 112 playoff games in his career. I mean, the guy was on some quality teams. I mean, both yes. in, in Boston and Memphis. Do uh, you think this is uh, the ideal position for him, or uh, how? Uh, how did no, you I think that? he. I think he should play shooting guard, but I think you can put him at small forward. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, uh, undersized, but I mean, you know, I, as I think is uh, uh, common to him and, and another guy who we're going to get to. I think both of us on uh, on this team, a guy who can definitely defend multiple positions, even guys who are quite a bit bigger than him, just because he's got such good technique and and such a high motor. Yeah, um, I think he's the best player from. Yeah, that's a strong statement, but uh, we'll, we'll get to some other contenders for that as we uh, as, we, as we move through the rest of the yeah, lineup. Yeah, he also went to um, Butler County Community College. I don't think any other players have gone there. Yeah, I mean Butler County Community College. Actually, uh, there there have been a few players who have gone yeah. to uh, Butler County Community College, including uh, yeah, including Stephen Jackson and uh, Lee Nalon, guys who had legitimate NBA careers. Stephen Jackson, obviously, being the most prominent of those. Uh, but yeah, you wouldn't expect that for a uh, community college. But uh, maybe it's you know one of those places that tends to be a stepping stone on the way to larger colleges and on the way to uh, potential opportunities in the league. Yeah, we might be able to do a thing with that with pop players. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Do you want to move on to the shooting guard? Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, let's move on to shooting guard. Meals, who'd you have there? I actually had Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart at shooting guard. 
Yeah, so tell us a little bit about him. He's the, the player I was just referring to as having a lot of the similar characteristics to Tony yes. Allen. Yes, he was on the all-defense team last year, all-rookie team. I know it's pretty easy, but still. Yeah, taken uh, sixth overall in the 2014 draft, so certainly had a big-time pedigree coming into the league. Yeah. I remember him being a, a pretty prominent uh, college prospect, uh, you know, as he uh, college recruit, I guess, uh, as he went to uh, Oklahoma State, and uh, I feel like he's he's really paid that off. I mean, this this guy has, is is a major factor in the NBA right now. Wouldn't you say? Yes, I know you don't like him, but yeah. Yeah, I don't like him on a on a personal level, kind of, because he plays on the Celtics, and I don't like the Celtics, and he's very effective and. He certainly, uh, you know, had some. It was associated with uh, some dirty play, I think, early in his career, more in his college days and early days in the NBA. But I, I think you, you got to respect what Marcus Smart brings to the table. I mean, one of one of the most serious uh, defensive players I, I think in the league. Guy who's willing to lay his body on the line constantly. I mean, you, how often do you see this guy throwing his body all over the place, going after the basketball, trying to get in the way, trying to be a pass? I mean, he, he really, a lot. yeah. I mean, he really commits. I mean, I watch the Celtics game more than any other team, and I see him. Yeah, we live in Massachusetts, and we have the Celtics a lot on TV here. And, I mean, you know, we have access to other games, of course. But, uh, yeah, he's he's uh, really uh, an impactful player, to be sure. Uh, I, I think he's a little bit too thirsty with his shots sometimes. Guy who really doesn't have the three-point shooting percentage over the course of his career to back up his aspirations sometimes. I mean, he's, uh, you know, under 32% for his career. And, you know, it's been better than that at, at certain points. But I think, you know, despite looking for a shot too often and being maybe the biggest flopper in the league, um, he's committed to it. He's committed to everything that, that he does on the court. So I think you have to appreciate what Marcus Smart brings to the table. I think one of the best uh, defensive players in the league right now, I know he's only been on one all-defense team, but that could easily be higher. I mean, he's been recognized as one of the top uh, defenders in the league, can really defend like four positions kind of, I mean, similar to Tony Allen, like we were just talking about, yeah. can really defend like one to four. Uh, with, can't defend centers. But. Yeah, right. Can't defend centers because he's, you know, not that tall. I mean, he's only 6'3", is listed at, but plays an incredibly physical uh, brand of basketball. And, you know, is a guy you'd want on your team for sure. Yes. Uh, I had him on my point guard, but, I mean, I, you know, He's on my team too. I, I appreciate he's not a pure point guard by any means. He's yes. you know could, could be a shooting guard also. Yeah, I I think we have a guard swapped around. Yeah, because I have John Starks in my point guard. Yeah, John Starks, a guy I remember well from my youth growing up in New York City, a major part of those Knicks teams in the in the nineties. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about John Starks. First ever All Star to the undrafted. That's a pretty impressive uh, note right Only there. One time All Star, but he did it. He made it as an undrafted player. He got a lot of games in the league, too. Yes, totally. 866 games and averaged 12.5 points per game for his career. 3.6 assists a game, like two and a half rebounds. This guy's pretty good. Yeah, and, and I mean, as you, uh, as I was saying, I mean, a, a key part of those Knicks teams, including, I mean, at, at his best, really, I mean, it was up to 19 points per game. I mean, 17 points per game the year before that, also with the Knicks, uh, you know, starting, you know, most of the games he was playing in at that point and, and you know, getting an all-star appearance, as you mentioned there in 1994. Yeah, 19 points per game season. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, what played played in the finals. I mean, this, you know, guy was a part of uh, some some very good Knicks teams. 
teams that advanced, uh, you know, in the Eastern Conference playoffs and got to the finals in that 94 season. Oh, yeah. That was good. Yeah, I mean, definitely a, a three-point threat uh, at his best. I mean, you know, a guy who was who shot 37% in the playoffs uh, for his career. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a, a major factor in the league, for sure, and a very popular player as well. I mean, number three with the Knicks, and I, I mean, the – you know, I, don't, I guess you, you don't see those jerseys that often anymore uh, in, in circulation because he retired in, you know, after 2002. But um, certainly one of the most popular jerseys in New York for a long time uh, in, the, in the 90s and, and thereafter. Yes. Great player. Yeah. I mean, really, really accomplished player. And I think a fine fit on uh, on this team. I, to me, I mean, he won six men of the year as well in 96, 97. Uh, to me, he's another contender for uh, for the best player in Oklahoma State's history, despite uh, having been undrafted, as you mentioned. Yes. I mean, you you would consider Tony Allen uh, cut above John Starks? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can see that in the sense that Tony Allen contributed to, uh, you know, championship-level teams. I think John Starks' contributions certainly – I think you'd certainly say he's the best offensive player to uh, – you know, if you're looking at just that side of the ball – uh, from Oklahoma State, although I don't know, you might you might think differently than me. Yeah, I might, I might agree with that. All right, so let, let's uh, let, let's wrap up uh, these teams. Let's go over who we had one more time, and uh, we can then uh, get to some other notable players from Oklahoma State. Yeah, um, Senator Brian Reeves, um, power forward Desmond Mason, um, small forward Tony Allen, shooting guard Marcus Smart, and point guard John Starks. And I had the same team, just with uh, Marcus Smart and John Starks swapped around at those guard spots. Well, let's talk about a couple other players who attended Oklahoma State. I think one particularly notable guy is uh, Richard Dumas, uh, all-rookie team in 92-93, which, uh, you know, we mentioned, but, I mean, not 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 terribly telling of, uh, of, of the rest of your uh, the rest of your career is going to go, and that was particularly the case uh, for him. He broke into the league as a uh, second-round pick, but a guy who uh, became an important part of a really good team really quickly uh, went to the uh, joined the Suns uh, as that second round pick, and that first season he was in the league. I mean, you know, only got in forty eight games, but fifteen point eight points per game. I mean, you know, four point six rebounds. I mean, really a factor uh, right out of the gate. You know, fifty two percent shooting. Uh, you know, that that first season, and part of a team that went to the finals. I mean, he started for the Suns on their path to the finals that year, on their way to uh, you know an ultimate loss to the to the Bulls. Yeah, but then he only played – he was suspended for one year, and then he played one year more here with the Suns, averaged 5.5 points per game, and then went to the Sixers, averaged 6.2 points per game, and then he was done. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, was never able to get past the uh, the drug issues that cost him that, that second season, and uh, I think, you know, ultimately wrecked his career. But, I mean, an example of, uh, you know, uh, talent that, uh, you know, promised that uh, ultimately went unrealized. I mean – I know watching um, watching video of that finals, that finals, uh, you know, Bulls Suns. I mean, he's he's very prominent in there. I mean, if you if you watch clips of those, and I remember doing that during the uh, NBA hiatus when you know all these classic games are you know, the best version of sports that's available. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to believe that a guy who was that prominent on a finals team could drop out of the lead that quickly and have that little of a career after that finals run. I mean, look, he only played what's that like? Uh, you know. 54 games after uh, after that finals run. So yeah. pr- pretty remarkable. I could also mention uh, Brooks Thompson. I know you're uh, you're a pretty, pretty big fan of this guy. 
What? <laughs> I am not a Freddie Mac fan. I just have a card of him that I once showed you. <laughs> Milio, a uh, basketball card collector, has some uh, some Brooks Thompson uh, cards. Yeah, and I was just showing you, I think it was, that Shaq was in the background of that picture one time. Yeah, well, he was on those early Magic teams, a uh, teammate of Shaq's, but a uh, fairly unremarkable career uh, generally. Any any comments on, on Brooks Thompson? Um, not really. Yeah, not not a, not a whole lot uh, uh, in terms of uh, notable players from uh, Oklahoma State, aside from uh, those that we mentioned. I know uh, Juwan Evans has uh, featured in, in the NBA a little bit in recent years. I, still very young, but who's to say? Uh, what kind of role he's going to play going forward? O- only 24 years old right now. He didn't now. play this past season. Right. So, I mean, you know, but hard to say. I mean, sometimes, you know, guys will go overseas, play a bit, and come back once they've refined their game if, uh, you know, they weren't ready when they first uh, first broke in. We should mention a couple of uh, couple of other players, though. Jameson Curry played 3.9 seconds in the league. Yeah, really a remarkable um, kind of frivolity Jameson Curry, as, as Emilio mentioned, a recruit of some note out of high school who uh, attended Oklahoma State and made the NBA and lasted for a total of 3.9 seconds. The uh, We believe the, the shortest uh, NBA career of all time in terms of actually being on the court. Pretty incredible. I mean, not, not a whole lot you can say about, uh, you know, anything he did in 3.9 seconds because that's not a lot of time, but did get on the court and had uh, had, had a notable career in that, that strange way. He's only 37 right now, so no Yeah, right. He could, could get another shot. And uh, interesting that uh, th- there's a guy who has less of a career who attended Oklahoma State but also appeared in the NBA than Maurice Baker, guy who appeared during the 2004-2005 season, played five games, and uh, got up one shot. So, But he did get – Two steals. Uh, yeah, he got uh, he got one steal. He got one steal. He got two rebounds though, and an assist. So yeah, I mean, it was filling the stat sheet aside from uh, not getting any points. Yeah, yeah. See, you got you got to appreciate that. All right, so let's uh, let, let's take another uh, short break, and we'll come back in just a moment, and we'll compare these two squads. We're back to wrap this episode up by doing the comparison that we do at the end of these episodes. We're going to compare West Virginia and Oklahoma State players position by position. At center, we've got center Mark Workman from West Virginia and Bryant Reeves of Oklahoma State. Meals, who you got? You got to go Bryant Reeves. Yeah, I think clearly a more impactful career, Bryant Reeves. So Oklahoma State up one to nothing. At power forward, we got West Virginia's Fred Schaus and Oklahoma State's Desmond Mason. Who you got? Schaus. Yeah, Fred Schaus. I feel like that's an interesting call. I mean, Fred Schaus and Desmond Mason, both productive players in the league, but uh, fair enough. So we go uh, 1-1 there with uh, Fred Schaus taking the, the victory at small forward. We got West Virginia's Rod Thorne and Oklahoma State's Tony Allen. Um, you got to go Tony Allen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a, a contributor to a championship team in an important way and uh, contributed to a lot of winning teams. So to give Oklahoma State a 2-1 to one edge. At uh, shooting guard, West Virginia's Ron Williams, talking about Fritz, and uh, Oklahoma State's Marcus Smart. Who you got there? I got Marcus Smart. Yeah, no doubt about it. Marcus Smart, and that's a 3-1 edge for Oklahoma State. At point guard, this is going to be a tricky one. Jerry West of West Virginia against uh, John Starks of Oklahoma State. 
Yeah, pretty pretty easy call in reality. So despite Oklahoma winning this uh, 3-2 in terms of head-to-head matchups, do you think that's how it would actually work out? Um, yes. Yeah, so th- is that about uh, just the overall quality of, uh, of the team of uh, Oklahoma yes. State? Yeah. yeah, just a much more balanced uh, group. I think you could yeah. uh, certainly expect more reliability out of the likes of uh, Bryant Reeves and Desmond Mason and Tony Allen and Marcus Smart than uh, you could from their counterparts on the West Virginia team. So I, I tend to agree with you there. I, I would take the Oklahoma State squad as well. Got to say, in both cases, I was a little surprised that there were so few uh, players from each of these schools who had made it to the NBA. So, yeah. you know, giving off a better impression perhaps than, uh, than the reality. So l- let's transition quickly here to uh, the games of the next couple of days uh, as we look at the seeding games. Emilio, of course, keeps a uh, keen eye on, on the matchups and how things are playing out. So have him uh, point out some of the more notable games here. Emilio, uh, I'll take it away. So on August 6th, we got Pelicans-Kings at 1.30. That's going to be interesting for seeding. Yeah, then um, at 4, we got Bucks heat That's going to be, I think, I think, just a fun game to watch. Definitely. The uh, Bucks have everything wrapped up just about by now, but the Heat's still battling there. Yes. Um, yes, um, Clippers-Mavericks um, at 6.30. Yeah, Juicy. I mean, the Mavericks got to find their mojo here. Yes. Um, that could also be our playoff matchup, so I think it's good for them to match up. Yeah. Then Trailblazers-Nuggets uh, at 8.30, a second-round matchup last year. Yeah, the Blazers going to be uh, battling tooth and nail to stay alive there. Yes. Um, um, Rockets-Lakers at 9. Speaks for itself. Going to be really entertaining. Rockets also battling for seeding. Yes. Um, at August 7th, um, Thunder-Grizzlies at 4. Yeah. I mean, uh, Juicy, Thunder still uh, still battling. Obviously, the Grizzlies uh, trying to hold on to that 8 spot. Yes. Um, Magic-Sixers at 6.30. Yep. Just, I mean, both those teams trying to find their legs as they head into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Celtics Raptors at um, at nine, just yeah. gonna be a good game. Yeah, absolutely. Those teams uh, re- really get after it, uh, facing each other, and you know who knows could could see that matchup in the playoffs at some point too. Yep, second round maybe. Yeah. Um, on August eighth, Clippers Blazers at one. Yeah, again, Blazers just uh, you know battling tooth and nail for everything. Uh, that it's they gonna have be at this juicy point. too. Oh. Yeah, d- definitely. Um, Jazz Nuggets at three thirty. Yep, more more positional battling among those teams in the middle of the West playoff picture. Yeah, Lakers Pacers at six. Yeah, I mean you've been pretty impressed with the Pacers so far. We've just been talking about uh, T.J. Warren, the the play uh, he's shown in the early part of the restart here. See if you can keep that going. Yeah, Bucks Mavericks at eight thirty. Yeah, I mean again, uh, just more uh, more tough uh, sledding for the Mavericks trying to uh, uh, battle uphill, and uh, they're they're probably stuck in that seventh spot now. But yeah, they have fun to play. Yeah, so they're they're in now. Yeah, on August 9th, Grizzlies Raptors at two. Yeah, again, just I mean, have to see what kind of position the Raptors are in. Are they gunning for it there, or is is that going to be an easier contest for the Grizzlies because the Raptors are resting guys? We'll have to see. Yeah, Spurs Pelicans at three, big seeding game. Absolutely, yeah. See if those teams are still alive at that point, but they've been uh, they're, they're certainly in the mix right now. Yeah, um, and Sixers Blazers at six thirty. Going to be a good one. Yeah, I feel like all these Blazers games are kind of must-watch. I mean, the teams that are right on the cusp in the uh, in, in the West right now. Yeah, today there's actually a um, Blazers-Rockets game at 9. So. 
Yeah, talking about uh, the the day that we're, uh, we're we're recording this, just a little uh, peek inside the, uh, the 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 process here. Um, yeah, today is. Um... It, it's we're recording this on the fourth. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks very much for that breakdown, Bud, and uh, we'll uh, we'll very much appreciate uh, you guys joining us uh, on this episode, and we'll be back again in another couple of days with uh, you know some more college teams and uh, some more breakdowns of uh, the coming days. Yeah, and if you're enjoying, please leave a rating, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Yeah, we're just about everywhere at this point, and uh, no need to go through all the different platforms. But uh, hope hope you uh, catch us and uh, leave a, leave a rating or review, as Mill said, on uh, Podknife or you know Apple Podcasts, where, wherever you get yours. So uh, th- thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye.